Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, <clears throat> go with me. The book of Ephesians chapter number 3. Thank you, Pastor Sister Chance, for being so kind to Tammy and I. We're very, very grateful. The room, the food, everything, fellowship, we've had a good time. Thank you so very much. We've enjoyed it. Thank you to this church. Everybody's just been so very kind to us, and we're grateful for that. Amen. Now, how many of you, I know it's Wednesday night, how many of you going to help me preach? <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3, and verse number 16. When you have it, say God's good. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might. Now think about that. You can be strengthened with might. How? By his spirit. Where? In the inner man. According to his riches and glory that he would grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Is there anybody beside me that could say, Man, I could use some strength on the inside. I'll be the first to raise my hand. I need, I need all the strength I can get. Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to talk to you for just a little bit tonight. Uh, you, you can call it teaching. You can call it preaching. I don't know. I've never really quite figured that one out. Somebody said when you're teaching, you're telling. When you're preaching, you're yelling. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I, I'm going to be in the Word of God tonight. Do you love the Word? Let's pray. I'm going to talk to you about just this thought. Step into the Spirit. Step into the Spirit. Let's, let's pray. And I'm going to ask you to help me pray. Would you open your mouth? Let some words out to the Lord. Jesus, we need you tonight. We need your direction. I pray the Word of God would come forth with anointing and authority and power. I pray that understanding would come. That revelation would come. I pray that everybody in this house, Lord, before this night is over, would step into the Spirit. God, that we would truly be strengthened with your power through your spirit in our inner being tonight. In the name of Jesus, cause us to step into the spirit. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Man, you may be seated. You can sit down, just don't shut down. Amen. When it comes to walking in the spirit, uh, we're, we're a spirit-filled people. Am I right? Anybody here got the Holy Ghost? Say Amen. We got the Holy Ghost. We're a spirit-filled people. And when it comes to walking in the spirit, the Bible issues a command. In fact, a command handed down by Jesus himself. In John chapter 4, it says this, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him, if they're in the mood, can worship him in spirit and in truth. Is that what it says? No. It says they must worship him in spirit and in truth. We have to worship God the way he wants to be worshipped. Amen. We hear often, I've heard it through the years, and oh, well, I just worship him in my own way. Well, I appreciate that, but that's almost like going into a restaurant. And the waiter comes over and says, I'm going to serve you what I like. 
It's not the way it works. It's, I promise you wouldn't be going back to that restaurant very often. If they, what, I mean, I don't like oysters. What if, what if they decide they're going to serve me oysters? I'd be, I'd be up a creek. I'd be, I'd be in trouble. But when we're going to worship Jesus, we worship him the way he wants to be worshipped. And there's a very specific, he wants to be worshipped in the spirit and in truth. Amen. And so our God is spirit. His essence is spirit. I cannot fully commune and fellowship with God without stepping in to the supernatural. God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at all times. But it also means he's nowhere absent. Now, that's a little unnerving if you really think about it. You ain't hiding nothing from Jesus. He's where you are, but that's beautiful at the same time. No matter what you're going through, guess what? He's there. Amen. What a God we serve. However, he is everywhere at all times. He is nowhere absent, but he does not manifest himself everywhere at all times. So if you want to encounter a manifestation of the Spirit, you need to step into the Spirit. That's why if you're over at the grocery store, you're most likely not going to have a Holy Ghost throwdown on aisle three. He's there, but he's not manifesting himself. But, but you might come to a prayer meeting on a Monday night thinking it's just going to be another prayer meeting. And before you know it, we've prayed an hour and it seems like we were there 15 minutes because we stepped into a manifestation Monday night of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't want to just be in his presence. I want to be in his manifest presence. I want to be where he shows up and I know my God is here. I can feel him. His power surging. Amen. Amen. And the Bible tells us in Jude, it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. One translation, the Amplified said, We make progress and rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, they're talking about praying in tongues. They're talking about praying in the Spirit. And when you step in the Spirit and begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit takes over, you're bringing yourself in alignment with God. Okay, you get in unity with God. And let me tell you, it's a powerful thing when you get unified with your creator. Amen. It's a powerful thing. When you get unified, chaos becomes order when you get aligned with Jesus. Come on, confusion becomes clarity when you get aligned with Jesus. Perplexity becomes peace when you get aligned with Jesus. Can I get a testimony from somebody who walked in the house of God frustrated, confused, angry, couldn't find your way, but you stepped into the spirit, and the next thing you know, you're like, it's going to be all right. I know exactly what's going to happen. Something powerful takes place when you step into the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Recently. I, I came across an article. It was not a religious article at all, but uh, it caught my attention. My wife and I, of course, were missionaries. She and I both speak German, so we're bilingual. And the name of this article was Bilingual Brain Boost, Two Tongues Equals Two Minds. And I'm like, oh, i got to read this one. And they began talking about how speaking a second language can change everything. Now they're talking about... An earthly situation, you understand. But it, they, and I'm quoting, speaking a second language can change everything from problem-solving skills to personality, almost as if you were two people. Now, you think about that. <laughs> hey, man. Now, I speak German, and my, my supervisor when I was in Germany uh, there as a missionary, if I called him and spoke English, he knew it was me every time. 
But I, I, I messed with him often. I'd call him and start speaking German. He never did recognize my voice when I spoke German. There's something different about Bobby Lewis when I'm speaking German. Amen. And let me tell you, there's something different about you and I when we step out of this carnal and step out of this natural and step into that place where we're speaking another language. It's almost as if you're two different people because that person out there don't know what's going on and they're confused. But when I get in the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden the curtains come back and I begin to realize, oh, this is what the Lord trying. What are you saying? There's something powerful when you and I begin to talk in tongues. Amen. Something supernatural happens. You're aligning yourself with the Spirit. This, I'm telling you this other language business is life changing. Now we are called to be a spiritual people. We are a spirit filled people but we're not always a spiritual people. There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to be spiritual, you've got to step into the spirit. Now, the book of Romans begins to reveal to us the dangers of not being spiritual. Now, remember, the Romans is not a letter written to the world. It was written to the church. It was written to the church in Rome. And this is, this is, what, this is what the apostle told them. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, when he's speaking of carnality, he's not talking to sinners. He's talking to Christians, to the church. Now, I know that it is so hard to imagine a Christian being carnal. I'm sure that doesn't happen in Monroe. However, he's speaking to Christians who are trying to live for God through their own human strength and ability. That's what he's calling carnality. You're trying to do it on your own. They were trying to do right through their own effort. They were being pulled back into the law. They were not being spiritual. It is carnal to try to do the things of God through the power of the flesh. Because the carnal mind is in enmity with God. It is hostile against God. Listen, if you're operating in the flesh, you're operating through death. But when you get in the Holy Ghost, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Bible said, walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The word after there means down into. He said, don't walk down into the flesh, but get up and step into the spirit. Listen, the only thing that overcomes the flesh is getting in the Holy Ghost. If you want to defeat the flesh and walk in righteousness, Paul said this in Romans 14 and 17. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. What's wrong? If you've lost your righteousness, get in the Holy Ghost. You lost your peace, step into the Spirit. You lost your joy, step into the Spirit. There's only one way to get it back. you got to get in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody clap your hands and lift your voice right now. Hallelujah. we got to step into the Spirit. Now, where it says to walk here, it means to frequent a locality. That's, that's pretty powerful. Paul, he's saying get in the Holy Ghost all the time. All the time. How often should I talk in tongues? Every time you get a chance. Amen. 
I, I, I pastored somebody one time. And we began to talk that they were as dry as corn shucks. Never worshipped. You could tell they just looked miserable all the time. We were talking one day. And I said, we were talking about the Holy Ghost. And he said, I got the Holy Ghost back in 19, I think it was 74. That's the only time you ever talked in tongues. Well, you just answered a whole lot of questions for me. Come on, I want to I get in the spirit every time I get a chance. Amen, every time I get a chance. And it means to frequent a locality. You, you frequent the places you love. Come on, you got that coffee shop you like. You frequent that place. You walk in, they know your name. Hey, what's happening, man? How you doing today? Because you're a regular customer. Amen. You frequent that restaurant that you like. You frequent that web page. That Facebook page. Come on, God is calling us to frequently step into the spirit. It ought to be part of our walk. It ought not to just be some experience that we had back in the day. It ought to be part of our every day walk. In fact, the Bible says this, quench not the spirit. I wanna, and I want to deal with a couple things here. Uh, Romans 8. Um, I hear this often. Well, when, when it comes to talking in tongues, I just feel like I'm making it up. I, I just feel like I'm forcing it. We, we are Holy Ghost filled people. Filled with His Spirit. It's not like it's turned off until you walk on the church grounds and then it clicks back on and you've got it again. No, you've got the Holy Ghost all day. Amen. Well, well, I, I, now, I, I don't know how it is around here, but I was raised in Memphis. And uh, it was, I don't know where we got this goofy stuff, but, but in the church that I was raised in, it, we assumed you were not in the spirit if you worshiped with your eyes open. You had to run the aisles with your eyes closed or you were not. Somebody's going to be like, nope, not in the spirit. When you, when you got to dancing, you better close them eyes or somebody's going to be like, no, that ain't in the spirit. Oh, come on. What kind of ridiculousness is that? I mean, we, we had people crashing and burning, man, trying to, trying to shout without their eyes open because they thought they wouldn't be in the spirit. Well, watch this. I'm going to take you to the book. If you're uncomfortable about talking in tongues, first of all, let me tell you this. The devil does not want you stepping in the spirit, so he's going to make you as uncomfortable as you can so you don't step in the spirit. He'd rather you stay out of it because he knows what happens when you get to talking in tongues. He knows the power that you get. He knows the authority that you walk in when you start talking in tongues. So let's settle this with Scripture. Chase, read that for me. And just, I might stop you a hundred times, but kick it off. But ye are not in the flesh. Now, this is, this is the Bible here. Okay, the forever settled word of God. You ready? You're not in the flesh. Well, but in the spirit. Well, how do we know? Tell us how to know, Brother Chase. You're not in the flesh. But in the spirit, if so be, the spirit of God dwells in you. What does that mean? That means I'm in the spirit all day long. I'm in the spirit when I'm asleep. When I'm taking a nap, I'm still in the spirit. When I'm driving down the road going to work, I'm still in the spirit. Amen. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I got the Holy Ghost, so I am in the spirit. Amen. So I can talk in tongues anytime I want to. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where something happened that, that it happened quickly and I didn't have much time to think about it. And within a second, I'm talking in tongues. 
Anybody ever been in a situation like that? I mean, you didn't have time to think about it. How oh, all of a sudden you're just, I mean, you hit the most shine and you, you're talking in tongues and, and it's powerful. You can do that anytime you want to because you have the Holy Ghost. It's with us 24 hours a day. Come on now. Some of y'all looking at me like, mm. well, I don't know what they're saying. Okay. I don't, I don't understand what people are saying. And it bothers me. I've had people say this to me. Okay, well, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. You don't know what they're saying because you're not supposed to. It's none of your business. This is me and Jesus having a conversation. And I know you want to be a part of all the conversations, but this is between me and Jesus. And so you don't need to know what's being said. You really don't. But I can tell you what's being said. Uh, In Acts chapter 2, it says, We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Acts chapter 10 says, For they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. 1 Corinthians 14 said, In the Spirit we speak mysteries. Uh, We pastored in Germany, and um, we we had been witnessing to a lady, and uh, her and her husband, he was an American soldier, and married a German girl. She did not speak any English. You hear me? Zero English. Now, I don't have a heavy accent like I used to. I was raised in, in Memphis, and I really had a pretty heavy accent. But when I got to Germany and had to preach through an interpreter, I had to clean up my speech because my interpreters could not understand what I was saying. And we use a lot of idioms in the South, as you know. And so I had to clean up all my idioms. I mean, I remember one day preaching. I'm like, and it was hands down the best. My translator's like, I don't have a clue what you're So I had to, clean up my, had to clean up my speech, and so I had to speak very clearly. And, well, this lady, she, she um, I was going up to, to, to start the service, and the Holy Ghost said, stop. So we're just worshiping. Her name was Ellen. Didn't speak a lick of English. I mean, not a lick of English. And all of a sudden, and I, I had preached to an interpreter, so my interpreter was staying there. She had married an American as well, so she spoke good English. had lived in Georgia. And uh, all of a sudden, Ellen, who spoke no English, Zero English. Now, even in, in Europe, when they teach them English, they teach them British English. That lady started, all at once, she started going, Jesus, you are so magnificent. And she began to praise God with these giant words, but it was in my Tennessee hillbilly dialect that she was, and I, it took me a few seconds, and I was like, she's talking in tongues. It was so, and for 40, my wife's a witness, for 45 minutes, she sat there and praised God, loved on Jesus in magnificent, gigantic words. What are you saying? Honey, all I know is when you get in the Holy Ghost, you're doing some amazing things. You're connecting with the Savior. Come on, somebody just pray right now. Come on. Let's just magnify him right now all over this house. Lord, I love you. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, what language is it? Well, the Bible says to speak in the tongues of men and of angels. You know, I'm going to tell you, you go to some crazy places when you get in the Holy Ghost. Paul went to some crazy places. You know how he got there? He said this. He said, I speak in tongues more than all y'all. That dude was a tongue-talking machine. And he, now this is in the book. This is 2 Corinthians. He's telling a story. He said, hey, I met, I met a guy 14 years ago. I, 
I can't remember if it was in the spirit or not. Anyway, what? If one of us was to say that, somebody would be on the phone calling 911. We got somebody here that's meeting people, don't even know whether they're real or not. Now think about it. This is in the book, y'all. He was so in the spirit that he was meeting people and he wasn't sure if he was in the spirit or if he was in the realm. We may say that's crazy, but I'm going to tell you what. I am hungry to get in places in the Holy Ghost that things begin to happen. Amen. That I might not even be able to explain to anybody else. I'm tired of just going through the motions and having some kind of regular old church. I want something deep and powerful. I want something that's going to rock my world. I want to get in the spirit. If you're hungry for more of the Spirit, would you just begin to praise Him with me right now? God. Well, preacher, what if I've never spoken in tongues? Well, listen, i got good news for you. Speaking in tongues is a sign of a New Testament believer. The Bible tells us in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new or unheard of or unusual tongues. Listen, speaking in tongues is the initial proof of the Holy Ghost. And God wants you to have that gift. If you don't have the Holy Ghost tonight, I'm telling you, it's, it's the will of God for you to get it before you walk out of here. And it's a free gift. You don't have to beg for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. But though it is the initial proof of the Holy Ghost... We need to speak in tongues because human vernacular cannot adequately express what the Spirit really wants to say. Paul said this. He said, I've got an infirmity. I don't, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for. It's in Romans 8. He said, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Anybody ever felt that way? You go to prayer and you're like, I don't even know how to attack this. Does that make sense to anybody? I mean, you, you know you need to pray, but you're like, God, I don't, I don't even know where to start. It says the Spirit will show us what to pray for because the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, this is powerful because where it says maketh intercession for, it means in a higher degree and a fuller measure. In other words, when you're praying in your own mother language, you're on one level. But when you step into the spirit, you go to a higher degree and a fuller measure. <laughs> but it gets better. And it says, for he searches the hearts and knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You will never pray more purely in the will of God than when you're praying in tongues. Amen. When I'm praying in the spirit, I'm not even praying with my faith. I'm praying with one other person's. There's only one other person's faith I could be praying with. When I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm praying with the faith of Jesus. Now, you think about that. Now, which is better, my faith or his faith? Listen, I don't know what I'm praying for. Well, yeah, that's great because if you knew what you were praying for, you might not have enough faith to pray it. But when you step into the Spirit and you begin to pray in the power of the Holy Ghost, you're praying the mind of the Spirit. You're praying the will of God. You're praying in a higher degree and a fuller measure. I don't know about you, but I want to get in that place where I'm locked into the will of God and the mind of God and that fuller degree and that perfect measure of the Holy Ghost. You might be praying about things you're not even aware of. Amen. When God began to deal with me about this some years back, I was pastoring. We'd started a church in East Tennessee, and we had, um, we had a bunch of new converts, obviously. And we had one sweet elder, 
lady, man, she was she was something. She would she could pray. You hear me? She could pray. She could get after it, boy. If you if you wanted somebody to pray, you called her. Well, I was preaching and teaching this, and and I said, come on, right now, we're going to step into the Spirit. And at the end of the service, we're all praying in the Spirit. Man, we're praying in the Spirit. And I I look over at her, and she's just as sweet as she could be. She was just standing, and she was just kind of rocking and talking in tongues, and she had her little hands out, and she was just, you could, that was just her. She was just a gentle soul. And I I, I was praying, kind of pacing back and forth. When I look back, she had her fist balled up. And she was swinging those fists, and she had a look on her face like she would smack somebody right in the nose. And she would pound. She was talking in tongues and praying. And, I mean, she was getting after it. And I was like, my goodness. As soon as the service was over, one of our uh, new, newer converts comes running up to the platform and said, Pastor, i got to tell you what just happened. I said, what do you mean? She said, I was watching Sister Gillenwater. And at first she was just speaking in tongues, but she was speaking Spanish. And she said, I speak Spanish. And at first she was just telling Jesus how wonderful he was and, and praising. Now, let me tell you something. Sister Gillenwater does not speak Spanish. She, she's from the hills of East Tennessee. She, she don't speak Spanish. But she was praising God, telling him how wonderful he was. And this young lady, she said, Pastor, all of a sudden, she stopped praising him and began to rebuke the spirit of death that had walked in the back door. She didn't have a clue what she was praying. We didn't have a clue what was going on, but apparently there was a devil that walked in that house, and that precious lady had stepped into the spirit, and she got to talking in tongues, and she rebuked that. Come on, you don't know what you're getting accomplished when you step in the Holy Ghost. You don't know what power you're walking in. You don't know what authority you're walking in. You don't know what family member you're praying out of a mess. You don't know what marriage you're praying back together. You don't know what child you're putting a hedge of protection around. When you pray in the will of God. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You're praying with perfect understanding because you're praying with his understanding. When you pray in the spirit, you pray with perfection. You pray the mind of the spirit and the will of God. When you pray in the spirit, you pray without respect of persons. You pray without malice. You pray without jealousy. You pray without personal agenda. You pray without bias or partiality or discrimination. (laughs) And when you pray in the spirit, it connects you with the gifts of the Spirit. So when you start talking in tongues, now you, you, go, you have access to the things of the Spirit. Healings and miracles can begin to take place. Knowledge and wisdom can begin to come. Tongues interpretation, faith, discerning begins to take place. Prophecies can take place. When you step into the Spirit, amen. Are you ready to step into the Spirit? Well, you don't know, preacher, I'm just struggling with condemnation. Every time I try to do something for God, the enemy jumps up and beats me back down. Well, watch this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, I guarantee you all of us probably know that first little clause there. But you know that's only half the verse. There's therefore no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Here's the rest of it. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. (laughs) When you can't get past condemnation, it's a sure sign you're being led by your flesh. 
It's proof positive that you're not walking in the spirit. If you need strength, though, if you're feeling weak, if you're fighting condemnation, the best thing you can do is step over into the spirit and begin to pray under the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, you'll step out of condemnation so fast you'll leave the devil's head spinning. Amen. Because you can be, as we read in our text, strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. God's calling his church to step out of the flesh and into the spirit. I'd heard the story, but I wasn't 100% sure, and I like to verify. But I heard this story about a church in Michigan that the University of Michigan wanted to come in and study these spirit-filled people. Now, I heard it, and I was like, mm, okay. You know, you don't know if it's really true. So I, I figured out which church it was, called, got the youth pastor on the phone, told him who I was. I said, listen, I, I've heard this story. I need to know if this is true. He said, it's absolutely true. So I said, well, tell me what happened. He said the university called him, wanting to come and hook them up with these nodes on their heads to study their brain activity while they worshipped. Especially, they wanted to see what happened when people began to speak in tongues. So they had several people volunteer, and they had to sit in the back of the church. And they told him, listen, you just do what you normally do. You just act how you normally act. You just go ahead and worship. We're going to hook you up. To these. So they had these snakes, you know, these big old long cords going off the back and all these nodes on their head. And uh, he said, man, the church kicked off. And, and he said, we, we picked some people who we knew was going to get after it, you know. And he said, they're, they're sitting in the back. And here's, here's, here's like eight or ten guys watching screens, you know, running back and forth and, and making marks and, and watching stuff and trying to figure out what was going on. And he said, all of a sudden, I look back there, and he said, these guys are around. The Holy Ghost got to moving. They got to clapping and talking in tongues. And the power of God got to moving on that back row. And he said, I look back, and these guys have tears running down their face. He said, I went back to him and said, hey, t- what, what's going on? And he said that they found that the, the, the part of the brain, the frontal lobe, where normal language is, is, is done and activated, they said when, when they, they began to speak in tongues, the frontal lobe shut down. And they said what is happening to them neurologically sounds a lot like what they say is happening to them spiritually because they're saying this is the Holy Ghost speaking through me. And they said literally it's not them. Their brain, the part that controls willful speech is shut down. And so what happened? They stepped out of the natural into the supernatural, but it gets better. He said, in fact, they said there's a part of the brain accessed that was previously considered inaccessible. They learn, think about this, there's a part of your brain used while speaking in tongues that's not used for any other activity. They thought this part of the brain was dead, that it never was used on anybody. But when you, they got to talking in tongues, it began to light up on the screen. There's some things you can only get done when you walk in the Holy Ghost. There's a part of your brain that does nothing throughout your whole life. It just sits there until you step off in the spirit and you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, there's a part of your body that comes alive. God put it there just so we can step in the spirit. So I'm coming to a close. I had an elder show up at our church. He called me. He said, the Lord's given me a Lord. The Lord has given me a word for you. <laughs> and uh, actually, the word did give us a Lord, didn't it? But that's another message, I guess. <laughs> I said, come on, let's, let's go. And he gets there, and he said, I, 
I'm going I'm to teach you how to intercede. I'm going to teach your church how to intercede. He had been really close to Billy Cole. Maybe some of you might know who Billy Cole was. And he said on his deathbed, Billy Cole called him in and he said, I want to teach you how to intercede, how my wife and I have interceded for years. And he taught him and he said, I want to teach you in your church. I said, bring it, man, let's do this. He said, okay. He said, first of all, you got to clean your heart out. You got to repent. So our whole church, we repented. Then he said, you need to speak what you want God to do in your own language. Speak it clearly. Because the Bible said, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's okay to tell Jesus what you need. Be specific. Specific prayers get specific answers. Then he said, after you've made it clear, he told us to pick one or two needs. He said, then I want you to, with that same need in your mind, I want you to step into the Spirit and begin to pray in tongues over that need while you have that in your mind, but pray in the Spirit. And then he said, after we do that a while, we're going to rejoice thanking him that he's taking care of it. So he did that with our church and our we repented together. We asked him specifically. To, then we began to speak in tongues. And we re rejoiced. Well, I was watching, you know, I was looking around, seeing how the people were responding. That's what pastors do. <laughs> I'm watching and I see my wife. She's up on the piano, but she's dug in, man. She's weeping and praying. And we got in the car. I said, I'm, I'm curious. I said, you, you weren't playing. You were getting after it tonight. I said, can I ask you what, what you were praying about? This was a Sunday night. She said, I'm praying for my brother. Now you got to understand her brother, 16 years older than her. We didn't think he had anything to do with God ever. We didn't know really much of his history. He had always been away from church. Sunday night, she prayed. She said, I want my brother saved. Monday, we get a call from his wife saying, you better pray for him. Something's wrong with his throat. They never called us. I'm telling you, when I say we had no relationship, we would talk to him a couple of times a year when we saw him. But now all of a sudden, they're calling, wanting us to pray. Tuesday, they found a mass. By Thursday, they found out he had stage four esophageal cancer. Tay and I were talking. We got to go pray for him. But there was concern. Because he didn't want anything to do, typically, with God or prayer or anything. But we're like, you know what? We ain't got nothing to lose. So we called him. We live like 14 hours away. But we said, we'd like to come pray for you. If it's okay. We wanted to find out if it's okay with you. He's like, yeah, come on. So we loaded up, drove. On the way there, my wife's talking to one of her sisters, and they're talking about what's happening. And uh, Tanya finds out that her big brother used to be the youth leader. Her sister said, I've watched him lay in the floor and talk in tongues, laugh in the spirit. But he got hurt in church 
And so he just didn't, he went against it. Well, wasn't nothing to do with it. To the point that she, Tanya, had no idea he'd ever had a relationship with God. We walk into his little house. He, he had always been a big guy. He'd lost so much weight. I walked in. My wife's sisters were both there. They joined us. My sister-in-law was there. Found out she was also backslidden. I walked up to Steve. I said, Steve, I'm going to lay hands on you. I said, God's going to touch you. I said, you're not going to die from this. You hear me? And as I'm telling him, he starts to weep. And I had barely touched his head when he fell to his knees speaking in tongues. Let me tell you what. We had four ladies in the living room of an old house that was built up. We like to stomp holes in that floor. You hear me? We danced and shouted and kicked and screamed and hollered. Hey, man, God, one lady stepped into the spirit and began to speak in tongues, praying over her brother who was lost. And within a week, he was renewed in the Holy Ghost, started going back to church. God brought him back. I'm going to tell you something. Stand with me, please. There's something powerful that happens when you step into the spirit. So why don't we do that tonight? How many of you have one or two things you really need to intercede for tonight? Raise your hand and wave a little bit. All, all of us do. So we're, we're going to take those steps. We're